Hello, Fort Worth, and welcome to another episode of the Fort Worth Freedom Review. My name is Anthony Sosa, and I am here today with Amber O'Dell and Christy Beamer to give our response to the People's Convention held on August 30th, 2020. We intended to discuss third parties in general and their viability, but instead ended up talking about the convention the whole time. So I just want to give you a heads up on that. As always, please subscribe and sign up for our newsletter and get updates on Fort Worth political news and deep dives into local issues. We are currently a volunteer organization. If you would like to get involved or want to contact us, you can reach us at fwfreedomreview at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at fwreview and on Facebook at Fort Worth Freedom Review. This podcast was made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth-based nonprofit. If you wish to support us, please go to justicereformleague.com and click the donate button. So Amber and I just got done watching uh, the People's Convention, which was part of the movement for a People's Party, a new third party, like a progressive party, essentially. Uh, And it, I guess, was started a couple of years ago. They held this convention. They had a bunch of speakers and held a vote at the end of it here. I think they're probably doing this like right now. Like Nina Turner was still speaking. Actually, when we came back here, she was finishing up her speech. She was the last speaker, uh, Senator Nina Turner from Ohio. She was also the uh, the chair of the Bernie Sanders like campaign. Uh, she was like the, the, head, the head of his campaign. So uh, this is essentially them asking everybody, hey, do you want to – should we start a third party like legitimately and try to in, t- in 2024 like run it uh, in the presidential election? So they had like a platform. I don't know, Amber. What did you think of it before we before I run down this list? Of the platform, or just of the of the convention and of the idea and like, what, what's your take on all this? Um. Well, I really enjoyed the convention. I watched pretty much the entire thing and um, actually found a lot of new people that um, I wasn't aware of um, that are, I guess, just you know, supporting the party and coming out and talking about it. But I think in general, it's a really great idea. I know most of us that are the progressive left are, I I don't know how I feel about the term politically homeless, but I think for all intents and and purposes, it applies (laughs) to how I personally feel. Um, with the Democratic, you know, party deciding, you know, not even to have uh, legalization of marijuana as part of their platform, right. um, they that just really go, went to show to me personally that they don't give a fuck about us and that they have no interest in criminal justice reform, obviously, because you know that would be a huge first step towards reform is ending the war on drugs and if we can't end the war on drugs at least in the war on marijuana i mean come on it's legal in like 30 something states now um but the democratic party won't even put it on their platform like that's insane to me um but anyways um yeah politically homeless i think it kind of applies and i think the idea of creating a, a new um third progressive party is definitely necessary um the democrats had you know almost two election cycles to 
take us seriously, uh, to let us be part of the part of politics in general. Um, they could have, you know, they could have thrown us a bone and tried to legalize marijuana, but they're not even trying. So, yeah. I, I mean, we have no, they gave us no choice really. Like, so I'm in, I'm in full support of it. So Chris, Chris, let me ask you this. Like, what's your take on the, on the democratic party in 2020? Like <laughs> the party that, that gave us <laughs> Joseph Biden as our, as our only course of action. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes, that one. The party that keeps just just talking, just bashing the other side, you know, just being negative about Republicans and being like, we need to get it back, but isn't actually, like, doing anything different. Right. That party. Yes, that one. <laughs> it's not great, man. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So I, I think Amber kind of the politically homeless thing i think mm-hmm. kind of ended up. being a liberal or being a progressive in, Dem- in texas just kind of in, in general that's been the i feel like that you've, I've, I've always felt that way like my parents being democrats and, and a, growing up in burleson it's like we're not gonna win any elections over here you know but we're still gonna stand up for these things but so i think that i think that attributes to a lot of the complacency like maybe some of the boomer democrats have or something where it's like it's kind of been this way for maybe here in texas i don't mm-hmm. know Maybe that's just maybe that's just me like projecting that, but yeah, I agree. I feel the same sort of way that both of you guys said. So it was refreshing to for me to hear like a bunch of people speak that were all like critiquing and all saying the same problems. Like some of the people we were familiar with and are like well aware of their opinions, but like mm-hmm. some of these a lot of these people I'd never heard of or seen before. And I was like, great. I was like, oh, I'm gonna follow this person on YouTube. Oh, I'm gonna follow this person on Twitter. Yeah, and same. It was and it was awesome because they were actually articulating and you know critiquing and breaking down like, hey, these are all the problems with their system, and look, neither party has has done anything about this. Like, no one is stepping up for the people. Like, right. no one is stepping up for justice. Like, mm-hmm. the 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 Democrats will posture and say that they actually are, but they won't do it. And oftentimes, the Republicans like won't even do that. You know, depending on what your issue is. So they like. I don't know, two thirds of the way through it, they, they, they introduced their platform and said like, this yeah. is what we stand for. Yeah. And they were like, this is what, this is what we could have if we create this party and start getting people elected on, on our, on our party. These are the things we could have. And I was just like, oh, I want to have all those things. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I felt really like, um, one of the, the points that several of the speakers really drove home was, I think it was actually the first speaker that said it, um, who, I, I can't re- recall what her name was and um, yeah we should have like prepared and got I know, a list we should have made a list started, of everybody's names I can probably pull it up on the YouTubes or on something um, well the very the very first speaker uh, I think was on um, I don't know if it was a task force or um, part of an organization that was looking to um, I guess ex- improve and expand uh, Medicare for all. And she was talking about the process that they went through and, like, trying to get the legislation. And I think she helped develop um, the o- Obamacare plan and was talking about how easy it was for um, people to kind of go back and forth between the Democratic Party and the Republican Party. And, and she, was, she was speaking in reference to – I shouldn't say a name of, of anybody, but she was talking about how – um, basically, like the Democratic Party, like 
was more on the side of the Republicans in, in creating a, a national health care system. And um, I think a lot of the other speakers kind of alluded to this idea that it's really just one party, right? Because um, it's all about corporate corporatism and, um, you know, profiteering and, and capitalism. It's not about, you know, creating a party that's going to stand up for policies that are for the benefit of actual working class people or just people in general. Um, it, it's basically the people versus... Um, I guess the two-party, the duopoly, the two-party system, which are essentially, when you're really looking at, at, at policies, the same party. <laughs> yep. And that, I think, was was really good to hear because... Was it her? No, it wasn't Medea Benjamin. Um, keep going. Lauren Ashcraft was the first one. Oh, then, yeah, it was Lauren Ashcraft. Okay. Yeah. Former grassroots candidate for Congress in New York's 12th District, steering committee member for Justice for All Coalition. So I guess I'll run down the list real quick of the of the speakers. Lauren, oh, I was talking about Chang Sim Lim. Chang Sim Lim, National yeah. Bernie Delegate, film curator, immigrant and Medicare for All activist. So, yeah, it's uh, Isaiah James, Massey Branscombe, Hania Jodat. I hope I'm getting these pronouncing these right. I have no idea. Jerry Perez, Scott Santons, maybe a girl, uh, the first trans woman to be holding elective office in California. Correct? Is that what she? Said? I think she, th she was referring to herself um, as a drag queen. Ah, uh, okay, correct. And yeah. so I think we, should, yeah, yeah, well, that's how you. she was identified. Thank you, um, Jamarl Thomas. Host of the Progressive Soapbox, Dr. Peter Kalmus, Lee Camp, uh, Caitlin Sapoki Belknap. Probably got that wrong. She was too. really good. She was. Omar Fernandez, Nico House, Medea Benjamin, Ron Placone, or Placone, Graham Elwood. Hmm. How do you think, how do you say that one, Amber? Um, Annalise. There you go. That's exactly what it is. That's a really interesting. Annalise Vincent. Annalise Vincent. Tim Black, Eleanor Goldfield, Chris Smalls, Nick Brana, Chase Iron Eyes. He was really good too. Mm -hmm. uh, he mm -hmm. also ran for Congress back in 2016. Uh, Amaya Wayne Geshi, Ryan Knight, Jimmy Dore, Chris Hedges. Chris Hedges was savage. Governor Jesse Ventura, Danny Glover, Senator Mike Ravel unfortunately wasn't any, unable to speak, but he's also a part of uh, the People's Convention. Uh, Marianne Williamson spoke, and she was fantastic. As always. Uh, Dr. Cornell West spoke, which we're going to play a clip here in a minute of him, and then uh, Senator Nina Turner was, was, was closing it out. So that's everyone who spoke yeah. at the convention. Um, so, Chrissy, since you didn't see much, you especially didn't see the platform, let me know what you think of this platform and whether you agree or disagree with 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 these points. Okay. okay. Uh, it's 32 points, so buckle up. Okay. <laughs> I think I heard some of these, but I definitely, uh, definitely not all of them. Okay. Um, no, no, I have to read my handwriting. This is going to be something. <laughs> Hmm. Strong unions and workplace democracy. Mm -hmm. Yeah? 
Yeah. yeah I'm down. I'm down <laughs> with that. I'm down with that as well. Strong unions. We need that. And that's what it's like. We talk about how bad authoritarianism is, but then we don't realize that most of our workplaces are set up to be authoritarian and like it's okay like there is no work there's no it's not a democratic where the workers actually have a say in most workplaces okay uh der, 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 rebuild and modernize our infrastructure yes mm -hmm. yes you think mm -hmm. okay yeah i like yeah. both not just rebuild it but modernize. yeah it absolutely yeah um fair tax code and thriving small businesses Yes. Yes. No? Sorry, nodding doesn't work on this. I no, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, okay, yeah. Fair. Fair tax code. Fair for, for the human beings, mm -hmm. I think would be probably what they meant. Uh, reign in Wall Street and create public banks. I like it. I like it. I like both. Obviously, reign in Wall Street, but the whole public banks thing, like that's we, – we're desperately in need of that. Yeah. Post office should be, should be banking. Because they used to be banking, and mm -hmm. they could go back to being providing small loans and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. Post office, man. Need to save the post office. Okay. Yeah. Um, what is uh, fair trade policies that benefit United States workers? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No NAFTAs. Um, UBI, universal basic income. Oh yeah. yes. And Absolutely. a job guarantee. They go as far Ooh. as to say everybody has a job. I like it. Ooh. Job guarantee. That's I haven't heard that one on a platform before. So yeah. So what? so wait. What? <laughs> you mean the government's gonna give people free money and they're still gonna have jobs? Like what? <laughs> yes, it's possible. If you believe it's possible. Um <laughs> abolish money in politics. Yeah. Please. And restore democracy. Please. Because yes. We don't have a real democracy. Um, free, secure, and transparent elections. I thought that was a D, and I was like, "Wait, what word is?" Okay, free, free. Yeah, I think we're cool with that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Transparent elections. Mm -hmm. Fair. We should just go to paper. What do y'all think of paper ballots? Separate topic. I'm just asking you. What do you think of it? I've ne never considered this before. <laughs> Using paper ballots? Well, actually, no, I have kind of been thinking about it a little bit before. I've never looked into it before. But, um, like, other people's opinions on it, that is. Uh, but I, I think that that is one of the many things that, like, I look at when I, you know, when, when you hear about technology advancing as fast as it is mm -hmm. and, like, all the new crazy things that we can do. And then, like, you look at the world around you and you're like, we're still using paper ballots, you know. Like we're we're well, still we're, driving. We're, not, we're still driving uh, <laughs> gas cars. Yeah, you know. Yeah, right. I feel you. Yeah, I mean, my my thing. I guess Amber, what do you think about it? Um, uh, I, I would like voting? to be able to vote electronically from home. Yeah. Yeah, I I know that there's a lot of fear about you know, hackers and Russia hacking our our system and 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 all that, but they're already like basically doing that anyways. Mm -hmm. Um not hacking our system per se, at least not as far as I know. But, you know, there there's already other foreign governments interfering with our elections and um 
I would like to be able to vote electronically from home. I think that would, like, get a way better voter turnout. Like, mm-hmm. like. Yeah. I, I mean, there's no way, there's no reason, like, why you can't use the thumbprint to, yeah. like, identify who you are. You sure. know? It's not like mm-hmm. the government doesn't have most people's thumbprints on Yeah. I mean, we, already, we send trillions of dollars every day across, you know, apps all the right. time. Right. Yeah. Financial institutions are sending money over the internet. Yeah. We're sending money over Venmo. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why we couldn't do the same thing for voting mm-hmm. if it was tied to your social security number or your fingerprint or something like that sure yeah um yeah no i totally agree my whole thing is with paper ballots like you can't hack them and like we quit using them depending on where you're at what state you're in and what municipality municipality you're in but like that's especially if you're in a small town that doesn't have a lot of money to get fancy voting machines or whatever like pay, mm-hmm. use paper <laughs> it, oh, it works so for we're decades talking, and decades we're talking like old-fashioned yeah i'm paper talking about pencil and, p- pencil okay. and paper and you put it in a box with a lock on it and no one unlocks it until it's time to count the ballots i mean in theory yeah obviously people have burnt you know hidden away boxes with ballots obviously you can still tamper with elections but if you if people are well, so the way it's set up now is we have private companies like Diebold mm-hmm. who sell who make these machines and then sell them to right. like election committees and those companies those private companies aren't you know secure necessarily especially mm-hmm. if they don't update their software so like what we have now in Texas oh what we did until until they got the new machines this past year was stuff from like the, they were running like some old twenty twelve like operating system on it that were completely unsecure mm-hmm. you know any, anybody could put on any votes on it you never knew if your vote was being actually counted or what it was and so like there certainly shouldn't be some sort of proprietary technology that stands between you and your vote right so like pay, to, my, my thinking was like yeah paper and pencils like obviously that that defeats the purpose but of course you're there's no reason you couldn't do both like sure for all the people who can't leave their home right who 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 are the people that you're always worried about getting to the polls because for X, Y, and Z reasons, like getting out to the polls is going to be a difficulty. Like, of course you should be able to vote from home. Like, absolutely. And so, I don't know. Sorry, I just wanted to throw that out there. Didn't mean to throw us off on a huge tangent. <laughs> um, okay, what about uh, ranked? I love this. Ranked choice voting and proportional representation. I like it. So... For those who don't know, ranked choice voting is essentially where you have a first place pick and a second place pick and a third place pick and a fourth place pick. And then once you do all the tallies, you if if the first if the person who you voted for number one ends up oh, not yeah, making yeah. it I've... through the first round, then your number two vote will it'll go to whoever was the next one up on your list. So it's like a more fair way of voting essentially because you don't get just one vote, you get a bunch of votes that essentially depending on how the math works out like you still get a say it's more democratic Mm -hmm. um than than the way that we kind of have it set up now not even to consider the electoral college which is its own separate right because it holds people in the binary voting system exactly like for one of the many issues yep and you end up with crazy stuff going on like we had in the primary you're flipping coins at the end and stuff to figure out who the last (laughs) vote goes to um yeah, uh, and pro- coin flip. yeah, proportional representation. Oh, it was it was a card in Vegas. It was high card, um, or in Nevada. So, uh, yeah, proportional representation is another one where I don't know the the specifics of what they exactly went with that because there's a bunch of different ways you could do that. Um, but yeah, a more fair representation. I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, defend the civil liberties and end mass incarceration. Mass 
Oh, man. I was trying to write so fast. And... Do you want me to try? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, give it a shot. I I might remember what it actually said. What? Where are we at? Uh, Defend civil liberties and end... <laughs> I think this is before I actually started pausing it to write everything down. I was trying to like furiously like ah, get it before they kept going. You're like, why did I never learn shorthand? <laughs> That's not a real word. Sumerian? <laughs> An end Mets Sumerian. <laughs> I Mass incarceration. It's gotta be mass incarceration. It's gotta but, be. But there, but that's down here. Yeah. So that's not it. Uh, Defend civil liberties. liberties. And end. Matt Sumerian. <laughs> Let's just go on to the next one. Okay. Wealth tax. We'll think about it. Wealth tax. Yeah. Mm, maps. M- move on. We'll okay. Just move on. Wealth tax. Uh. Yeah. Obvious. Down with the wealth yeah. tax. I mean, yeah. there's a bunch of, you know, you could definitely work out the details of how, where you want to draw the line and, and all that, but there should be some line. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, respect humans' rights, wealth, I'm sorry, health. Respect human rights, health, and human potential. Um, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Medicare for all kind of follows that. If you're respecting human health, yeah. then that means Medicare for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, free public college and... Cancel student debt. Yeah. Yes. No. Please. Um, (laughs) Yeah, please. Yeah. You're going to have to. They'll have to. There's no, there's no, I don't know why people are still pretending like there is some way to get around the student debt crisis without canceling it, but it's not going to happen. I mean, all that is, you could, cancel student debt might sound aggressive, but you could just say bail out college students or alumni yeah if you we know, need you to brand it some other it like type that, of way it's the same thing because every fucking wall street just got a bell out they're getting trillions of dollars like every yeah. day during the summer it's like that's that's all you all you need is like five for all the students to be <laughs> like everyone be taken care of yeah um it's insane so okay we're talking like twenty five percent interest rates on some of the loans. Safe, uh, swift pathway to citizenship. None of this eight month waiting period BS. Plus, on top of mm-hmm. the years, ten that years, would, depending <laughs> on what country that you're in and all this. Other, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. Re- respect disability rights. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Protect environment and defend biodiversity. Yes. I like yeah. this getting specific with the biodiversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Green New Deal. Yes. yes. All mm-hmm. the Green New Deal stuff that comes with that. Uh, defend animal rights. They yes. They didn't define that, but yes, I, I think yeah, everybody. I hope. About uh, that. I think a lot of these. I feel like we, we all should want this, right? Like everybody should. Yeah. Want no, these, these things, are just right? these are just like, good yeah. human qualities. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, s- Basics. Sustainable agriculture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, housing for all. Yes. Yep. Yes. It's possible. Uh, restorative justice. Yes. Yes. And ending mass incarceration. Yes. And Amber threw a party when they said that one. I did. Yeah, I was excited about about the inclusion of restorative justice. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, legalization deal. of marijuana. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Racial justice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 
I, so I guess like we're supposed to preface each one of these with we stand for because that was like the dot 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 that was at the front of it. Right. So we stand for racial justice. Stand for equal rights for women. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, LGBTQIA equality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I had to flip pages because they kept going. Um, ooh, what's that first word? <laughs> Honor indigenous rights and treaties. Yes. Mm-hmm. Create a peaceful global community that benefits from technology. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. See, it, it, it's possible. Fully automated luxury communism. Fully automated luxury <laughs> communism. That's when I took from, away from that one. I was like, yeah. Fully automated luxury yeah. communism. In the wars, invest at home. That's like a, yes. good, that's a good slogan, too. Yeah. Um, expand social security. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Harness the promise and mitigate the peril of accelerating technology. Yes. Yes, AI. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and finally, taking care of veterans. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which, uh-huh. again, shouldn't be a partisan issue. We should just be doing that. But yeah. it's, unfortunately, <laughs> we're not doing that. So not at all. So so, so a part a new party has to pick it up because no neither party is doing anything about it. No. So I don't know. So yeah. We, so uh, yeah. Was the only decriminalization uh, listed marijuana? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm. It was. Okay. Well, but yeah. Do you that. want to talk about? Drug abolition or decriminalization or what do you? What, what yeah, you, what I mean, we can't end the war on drugs without ending the whole war on drugs. Like right. marijuana is a good first step, yep. but I agree. Yeah, but like, there's so much more that needs to be done, mm-hmm. and yeah. yeah, and in and decriminalization mm-hmm. also just like extends to you know, sex work as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely, that's a big thing. Yep, and. As well as, you know, a lot of nonviolent offenses mm-hmm. should all. Absolutely. But we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah we <laughs> will. I feel, like, I feel like because they're trying to include so many things and this was just like the, hey, like, like I think one of the things that they did was they had a, a vote through the app and were like, do we want to create a new party like on this platform mm-hmm. that is separate from the democratic party and i think when i looked there was like two over two thousand people have voted and like 99.8 percent of people said yes so i think because they were really trying to just um you know kind of present the idea and like float the idea there they didn't really get into a lot of um like specifics about most reforms um and they just kind of talked about you know like criminal justice reform like not even every person mentioned it because that wasn't like the main focus but yeah, i feel like you know like if you're moving towards a like a progressive take on criminal justice reform like that has to include decriminalization yeah yeah in, no in like i no, definitely i agree yeah like, there's no way that there can be a platform that believes in all of those things and not full decriminalization yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i think too so i guess Real quick, before we wrap up, um, I wanted to play a little bit of Dr. Cornell West speaking because it was just so awesome, and he's just so amazing. <laughs> uh, I've never played a clip on this before, so I don't know if I can just hit play on the YouTubes and like it'll come through the mics or not, or if I have to turn the speaker on. So we're about to find out. But let's see what happens. An experiment. Hey. Can you hear me, my brother? 
you're on, Dr. Cornell. Oh, let me first begin by saluting you, my dear brother, Nick. Who would have thought three years ago when we met in Washington, D.C., that you would be able to spearhead you and Ryan and the others and allow us to be a part of this magnificent moment, generating the kind of momentum and movement in order to transform the American empire into a more democratic space. Alongside the marvelous militancy of a moral and spiritual and political nature on the streets in the last few months, these four and a half hours that I've been blessed to listen to every minute has been such a magnificent inspiration because that's very much what we need. And by inspiration, I don't mean just abstract projection. I mean enactment and embodiment of examples of people who have integrity, honesty, decency, courage. And that's what we heard in every voice going back to four o'clock. And I come from a tradition of people, black people, the grand people producing a great tradition in which the anthem is lift every voice, not the echoes of the neo-fascist wing of the ruling class, the Republican Party, the neoliberal ruling class, the neoliberal wing of the ruling class, the Democratic Party. No, that's the echo chamber. That's what we saw in those conventions with their talking points, with their superficial spectacle. But no, I come from a people who believe in the funk. Allow your voice to be heard from the deepest levels and corners of the dark corner of your soul that's such that you will engage in a genuine quest for truth. And the condition of truth is always to allow suffering to speak. Everybody's suffering, no matter what color, no matter what gender, sexual orientation, no matter what national identity, and then connect it to a love of beauty. And beauty is always something we grasp for in the face of terror as Rilke taught us. And then, of course, the quest for good and wrestling with evil. And then for some of us, it's even a quest for, for God in the face of so many demonic and devilish forces that are shot through not just our structures and institutions, but shot through our very souls and hearts. 57 years and three days ago, the greatest public intellectual in the history of the American empire died in Ghana. His name was W.E.B. Du Bois. And that next morning, young brother Martin Luther King told America about a dream that he had, which was not the American dream, but a dream rooted in the American dream and has everything to do with the movement for People's Party. Because what we're talking about here is a people who muster the wherewithal, who have not just the courage, but the fortitude, the fortitude to fructify. And by fructify, I mean to generate the fruits of truth-telling, to generate the truth of justice-seeking, to generate the truth of kindness and sweetness and gentleness in how we relate to each other, but with a steel spine when it comes to bearing witness in the face of oppression. That's why Du Bois raised the four questions 
What does integrity do in the face of oppression? Oh, here's the people's movement and the people's party. What does honesty do in the face of deception? Here is the people's party at its best. What does decency do in the face of insult and assault? What does courage do in the face of, in the face of brute force? We are living in a moment of massive imperial meltdown, spiritual breakdown, and we need prophetic fight back. And the People's Party is a prophetic fight back that, like Du Bois, believes in multiracial, multigender, multisexual orientation, or multi-binary and non-binary sexual sensibilities and orientations, a, 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 a solidarity with those friends for known called the wretched of the earth that can tell the truth about America, both its best and its worth. Because let us never forget, each and every one of us come out of various families, communities, and traditions, so we have to be true for where we come from. And I come from a people who have been on, inter been on intimate terms with catastrophe. So the ecological catastrophe impending the nuclear catastrophe that we don't like to talk about with the gangsters in Russia and the gangsters in the United States and the gangsters in other ruling elites that have the possibility of pushing buttons and blowing us all up. The economic catastrophe with unbelievably grotesque levels of wealth inequality that we hear over and over again and the refusal to come to terms with poverty, the refusal to come to terms with working people's empowerment through unions in any means by which they can live lives of decency. And, and, and dignity. The intimate forms of resistance and resilience in the face of catastrophe. 400 years of hatred. Here come love warriors like John Coltrane, love supreme. Here come Martin Luther King. Here come Ella Baker and Brother Biden tried to appropriate Ella Baker. Ella Baker was trying to create a third party when she met her in with Arthur Canal and the great William Kunstler and others. Same tradition, in the face of trauma for 400 years, here comes healing. Not just Aretha Franklin, not just Erica Badu, not just Kendrick Lamar, but a whole wave of voices in churches, in mosques, in synagogues, secular forms, trying to heal folk, to empower folk. Why? Because just like our moment, we all wonder. This is Marcus Garvey's question. Does America even have the capacity to treat the masses of black people with decency and dignity? Not just make room for the black bourgeoisie and the exceptional Negroes who are highly, who, who view themselves as exceptional, who are highly educated. I'm talking about the masses of black people. And we raise that question for the masses of poor people, the masses of indigenous people, the masses of Asians, the masses of Chicanos and Browns, the masses of all working and poor people here and abroad. The American empire at its best articulates the vision of a slash stone. Everyday people ought to have a dignity and decency. The vision of a James Cleveland. Ordinary people ought to have a dignity and decency. Emerson agrees. Whitman agrees. Gene O'Neill agrees with his indictment in the Iceman cometh. Tony Morrison agrees. But does America have the capacity? We're all wrestling with despair. That's the skeleton in our pocket, in, in, in our closet. We're living in a fascist moment, escalating, crystallizing, consolidating 
solidified. And that's the worst of America. Here comes the People's Party. And let us listen to what Edward Zaid has to say about precious Palestinian brothers and sisters that never loses sight of the humanity of Jewish brothers and sisters understands the 2,000 years of Jewish humanity being trashed and hated, and yet even our Jewish brothers and sisters in their right-wing forms have the capacity to dominate and occupy other people. Yes, they're human beings just like anybody else. That has a spiritual component to it and a moral element to it, but it's political in bringing all of us together. Can we listen to Dorothy Day? Can we listen to Cesar Chavez? Can we listen to Ward Churchill? Can we listen to all of our voices, Grace Boggs and others, the best of who we are as a species, as a nation, as an imperial experiment, as an imperial democracy? And yet, as my dear sister Marianne says, recognize that there's the best in America that has always understood that if our lives matter, if black lives matter, we're going to have to make sure that democratic practices and orientations and means of being in the world are reproduced and expanded. If any lives matter, you're going to have to have major radical democracy. But can you have radical democracy in America without empire, without white supremacy, without male supremacy, without transphobia, without homophobia? without losing sight of the humanity of Muslims and Jews and Arabs? That's an unanswered question. We just don't know. And let's just be honest about it. There's nothing wrong with wrestling with despair the way Jacob wrestled with despair in the 32nd chapter of Genesis. But we can come up with a new name. God wrestlers with deep wounds, with deep hurts, with new energies. That's where we are now, right on the edge of the cliff with the neo-fascist gangster in the White House and the milquetoast neoliberals who still vote for his military budget over and over again. AFRICOM expands in Africa. The same ugly policies in Latin America. We've talked about the Middle East. We don't have time to talk about Asia, but that's very important too with China and all of their forms of domination. What a time to be alive, pandemic and all. And yet, here comes the People's Party. Here comes that same radical democratic tradition that embraces us all. And I come in from the chocolate side of the empire and say, I'm bringing Curtis Mayfield with me. I'm going to bring Sam Cooke with me and Nina Simone with me. Why? because they provide a structure of feeling and value that provides a ground for a prophetic fight back in the face of this empire collapsing and in the face of the possible regeneration and reawakening of it. Last but not least, at this particular moment, I've got brothers and sisters on both sides. When I listen to Noam Chomsky and Angela Davis and even my dear brother Bob O'Vakin and and Brother Carl Dix and others, they say, oh, we agree with the, the critique of the empire, but we cast a vote for Biden. I say, ooh, I'm not used to voting for milk toast folk like that. But the anti-fascist folk, okay, I do understand. But I hear my dear brothers and sisters on the other side, Chris Hedges, Glenn Ford, Paul Street, Margaret Kimberly, Juma Baraka, I love those folk too. I learned so much from them. They're all comrades. They say, you can't vote for a neoliberal. You can't vote for the same Biden. You bring such critique to bear. 
You got to go for Green, go for Brother Howie, go for Sister Angela. That debate is a real one. And it, it, it ought to go on. And at the moment, I'm leaning with Angela. I'm leaning with Marianne. I'm leaning with Noam Chomsky. But it's not that it makes me that much better. I just believe as part of an anti-fascist coalition, Trump's fascism is one that calls into question the very possibility for any rights and liberties so that all of us could be gone. That's kind of basis that he has. What is it? One out of four of the folks who support him want to shut down the media. That's the kind of fascist sensibilities. This is Sinclair Lewis. It can't happen here. Taking place slowly in real time before our eyes. This is the kind of moment we live in. This is why this movement for People's Party is so fundamentally crucial. And we will resist the same self-righteousness that we get among the neoliberals. We are stepping into the unknown. So what? I come from a people that step on, step out on nothing and still land on something that we hate, that we help create based on a love of truth and a love of goodness and a love of beauty. Keep beauty in there. Beauty is very important for empowerment. So I want to bring this to a close. I want to thank you, Brother Nick. And I want to let you know that we've got to make sure that the lifting of the voices become waves all around the country grounded in the local but always having a global perspective of the american empire keeping track of its worst but also keeping track of the radical democratic tradition that has lodged itself at the center or at the center of the soul of america but never at the center of american politics and it has always been multiracial even though in a certain sense it's been disproportionately black that's how deep white supremacy cuts and you can't have fascism in America without white supremacy being its face. And that's why it's so crucial that all of us attempt to be decent people, people who have integrity, honesty, and courage, and be willing to enact kenosis, to empty ourselves, to donate ourselves, to sacrifice ourselves for something grander than us that have everything to do with the best of those who came before and have everything to do with the children yet to come. All right. So. He called them milk toast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So I know this was like, he's talking about a, a national party and he's talking about national politics. And like our podcast is normally about local stuff and like, you know, local issues, Fort Worth, Tarrant County type issues. But I think like 95% of what he said there like applies still like on a local level like we're still experiencing those same problems mm -hmm. and like a lot of these solutions for those problems are going to be happening on like the small level mm -hmm. like he said it's going to have to be local but think globally you know keep keep the global perspective the human the human perspective in my opinion in mind um but I think all of that stuff still pertains to the local perspective of things so you don't have to be a progressive person to feel that like that's that should resonate with you as a human being i think and so like even if you're a conservative or if you're a libertarian or whatever like that that i don't i don't want what he's talking about to have to be identified with with any political party because i think that's like i feel the same way and i think a lot of americans like feel the same same sort of way i don't know what do y'all think christy what's your reaction oh boy um, I should have been taking notes. <laughs> I was just experiencing it. Um, I, I got, I got real hype. I mean, honestly, he just, he was, he's speaking so passionately and he just, he's so, 
excited about what was happening, and I am getting on that train a little bit, too. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So that, I mean, that was a big, one of the bigger takeaways for me is just like, this, this can be a thing. We can, we can do this. And we have to do this. We have to. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Emily? Um, well, I couldn't actually, like, when you turned the speaker off, I couldn't hear it oh. anymore because I couldn't hear it through my headphones, but I saw it earlier. Um, uh. And, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen Dr. Cornell West give a presentation that I wasn't, like, completely on board with. Yeah. Um, just generally, I agree with most of, of what he has to say, but um, I like how he called out Joe Biden for trying to, uh, like, I guess, co-opt Ella Baker in one of his speeches. And I can't remember what, what he actually said because I saw, it, I saw it on Twitter and it had turned into a thing. But I really like how he, how he called Biden out for that, yeah. um, first and foremost. Um, but I... I don't know every, everything that that he has to say. I generally agreed with, and yeah. you know he gets really passionate and stuff. Yeah, I agree. Just fire, fire me up. It's like yeah. Yeah, I was fired I up that, until I couldn't hear it anymore, and then it was like. I'm sorry. No, I don't. I was trying to make it all work auditorily. It's okay. Thank you for listening to the Fort Worth Freedom Review. If you would like to get involved or want to contact us, you can reach us at fwfreedomreview at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter and Instagram at fwreview and on Facebook at Fort Worth Freedom Review. This podcast is made possible by the Justice Reform League, a Fort Worth-based nonprofit. If you wish to support us, please go to justicereformleague.com and click the donate button.